I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a long, long journey to the capital city. It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee. But I know I'll be a law someday. At least I hope and pray that I will. But today I am still just a bill. Hello there, and welcome to What's the Story with USA 2020, a podcast from Ireland full of questions about the American presidential election. My name is Jeff Pagano. And I am an undercaffeinated Kigo. And we've decided to give up half an hour of our lives once a week between now and Election Day, partly to chat about all the, how the American political system works, and partly about all the craziness that's going on there these days. How have you been, Kigo? No, it's all good. We're, we're, we're heading, into, uh, heading into another semi-lockdown, so trying to keep the, the mental health as healthy as, as can be at the moment. But, yep, all good. How about yourself? Yeah, fine. I got a phone call there last Sunday. Um, there I was minding my own business. And uh, usually if it's a number I don't recognize, I, uh, I, I just leave it go to voicemail, whatever. But uh, this was like an American number. So I've got, um, I've got family over there. It wasn't a, an area code I recognized, but I answered it anyway. And it was somebody from an organization called Democrats Abroad. And um, now I, 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 you don't pay to join them. You just basically fill in a form online. So I, you know, I wanted more information about a year ago. So I, I hooked up with them um, to get information about the election and stuff. Basically, they were calling me to see how I got my ballot and was I ready to, uh, and she was ready to um, help me if I had any questions about the ballot. So it was great. You know, I, I, I mentioned it and I actually brought it along here. I have my actual ballot here. I'm, you can't see on the podcast, but I'm showing it. I'm showing it to him there. There's my vote there. Oh, very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that now, I'm showing him the list here. There's all these different races all the way down the ballot, local, state um, stuff, and uh, specific stuff in San Francisco as well. And you can leave them blank, and I did because I don't know what's going on with them. But what I was able to do and vote is um, I obviously voted for Joe Biden. I don't think there's any secret with that. But I also can vote for the San Francisco district for the House of Representatives, and that's Nancy Pelosi's district. And the way that runs is uh, they do what's called a jungle primary. So they have a first they have a first election where all the candidates vote in one big election, Democrats, Republicans, and they all vote. Everyone votes for them together, and then the top two go into the runoff. And what happens is there's there's actually two Democrats left going for the seats. It's Nancy Pelosi and there's a progressive called uh, Shahid Batar. And I saw him being interviewed on a, on a, um, on a video there and he seemed pretty, um, he seemed pretty good. He seemed to be like sort of the, you know, going for the kind of, the kind of policies I'd like. I don't think he's going to win, but I, I had the opportunity to register and I'm calling it, I'm going to call it protest votes. And I've gone for him. <laughs> She's going to win. But um, it, I, I was, I was, I was lucky in the way that the, that she happened to be in the um, in the constituency I'm voting in, so I could actually make my vote sort of count. It was sort of a vote for Bernie underneath the surface because he's not <laughs> running, it, so it's got to work out that way. So I've got this vote. I'm just praying I can get it sent off uh, properly. There's a lot of hoops you got to jump through. You got to sign your name properly. You got to tick the right boxes, put it in the right envelopes, and I just want right to make sure it gets and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. So we're doing that this week. So fingers Look, crossed. Fair play to you. I think we, we might be uh, bringing up uh, old Nancy later on in the in the show. I as think well. so. I think so. She Good. she she she's been to the fore in the past week. So uh, we'll 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 definitely get to that later. But um, what we're going to start off with is uh, the old Jeff Splainer, 
where um, I give my take, and it is only my take, on a particular aspect of the uh, election process. So without any further ado, I will crack on. Jeff, explain me. Number 15. What's the story with dark money? A few weeks ago, my Jeff's planner focused on the United States Supreme Court as the great Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg had just passed away, and it looked to all intents and purposes that the fight between Republicans and Democrats to replace her on the court would come to dominate the remainder of the U.S. presidential campaign. Of course, it only looked that way until you take into account that this is 2020 and Donald Trump is still the president, which means that absolutely anything can happen on any given day, and there have indeed been several twists and turns in the main narrative since her death. But this week, is, it has returned to the fore as the process to confirm Judge Amy Coney Barrett to the bench has begun in the Senate Judiciary Committee. I've already outlined how the Democrats can rightly feel aggrieved about this process being rushed so quickly by leader of the Senate, Mitch McConnell. But the reality is that with the Republicans holding the majority and claiming to have more than enough votes to confirm her before Election Day, despite a couple of dissenters within their ranks, it seems there is very little the opposition can do to stop them. Yet the Dems are still entitled to publicly question the nominee by way of hearings, and so far the various senators have certainly put Judge Barrett through her paces, mostly on key decisions she will no doubt be asked to rule on soon after ascending to the bench, like the Affordable Care Act, Roe versus Wade, and possibly even the results of the presidential election itself. However, on Tuesday, one Democratic senator used his 30-minute spell of questioning to actually not any, ask any questions at all, deciding instead to give more of a speech. Many elect to do this, usually when they want to waste time or if they themselves are up for election and want to speak to voters back in their home state. But this particular senator from Rhode Island, Sheldon Whitehouse, a name that sounds more like one the Simpsons might use for a fictional president, chose to bring up another matter altogether. In January 2010, the Supreme Court handed down an historic ruling in the case of Citizens United versus the Federal Election Commission. I'll leave a link in the program notes for you to learn the particulars of the case, but my take on it is that the highest court in the land effectively decided that not only were there no limits on the amount of money a corporation can contribute to a political campaign, there was no need for the general public to know exactly where that money came from. Essentially, they ruled money equals speech. Since then, we have seen the formation of entities known as super political action committees or super PACs, which are nothing more than dark money banks in which giant donations are left for use by people running for office. There are rules on the books governing how these organizations can be run, like there must not be any coordination between the super PAC and the campaign, but hopefully none of us are naive enough to believe that this actually happens, nor do we believe that those offering the money aren't looking for something in return for their trouble. And so we had Senator Whitehouse using his time on Tuesday to offer an extremely detailed yet very easy to follow presentation, complete with a series of large index cards on display beside him laying out exactly how the broader conservative movement availed of the systems in place, not only to ensure the nomination of a judge like Amy Coney Barrett to the Supreme Court, but also to ensure specific laws they want struck down get before it as quickly as legally possible. Of course, the Republicans have since countered with their favorite tactic of what a battery, and it's true that the Democrats themselves, probably including Senator Whitehouse, have all received a shilling or two in their time that might seem a bit dodgy. But for me, it was the use of such a critical hearing to bring this issue to the fore that impressed me the most. The slow and steady rise of the progressive movement has been mostly built around pledges by candidates not to accept large contributions. As of January 2020, the Bernie Sanders campaign had taken in $96 million, yet with an average donation of only $18. For me, 
if there was one big issue a government could fix that's potentially a silver bullet to fix all the others, it's that of campaign contributions. Unfortunately, since it's the existing politicians who would make that change happen, we'd probably be more successful asking turkeys to vote for Christmas. Oh, Bernie, you're going to make me cry, Jeff. <laughs> oh, that's the key. That's the key. It's all, it's all filthy. Uh, if, if I lend you a tenner and you don't have a tenner to pay me back, then you owe me. It's like the mafia. Uh, you know, the way uh, Bernie... I actually need 20, Neil. You can give it to me after the thing, but, all right? <laughs> But then when you, when you look at how, um, again, even Obama as well, they, they, it was almost like a crowdsource, you know, all these kind of crowdsourcing films that are popping up now, uh, which allows more freedom for the, for the director and the screenwriter or whatever. There was a lot of crowds. Now, again, I know with any political campaign, there is political money there, but there was a huge amount. The stat about $18 on, on Bernie's side is a beautiful stat. The problem is then he ends up with 98 mil. And then I saw that afforded to you today what um biden is 325 mil for the last month or something like that so like when you're throwing that much money around there is no way that you are not beholden to these people uh, and that that negates any sort of uh honesty you are attempting to do like if, if someone gives you 50 mil you kind of go right i want green green fueled green energy to be the big talking point for the next six months the first six months of my presidency and all of a sudden you go through your your campaign book and you see genie mac texaco gave me 120 mil i can't do this all of a sudden everything you promised starts getting chipped away at and you become another politician um but again you can't you can but it takes a bit more um a new way of thinking to reach an audience with less money um again i keep talking about my my hero jesse ventura but if you look at how he ran in uh not getting into his politics but when you look at how he ran in minnesota he didn't spend more than he was going to make in the job now i know it's a you know it's a smaller scale in terms of geography but that's how you go into a job you never spend more money than you're going to make in a job uh because then otherwise you're going to end up with the question when you leave the job how come you've got so much money Nancy Pelosi, how how come you have so much money, even with your uh, what which is thirty something years in politics? That's great, but you you're, you've got hundreds of millions of dollars. You know, I don't trust you. Uh, so th this is where dark money. It sounds sexy. It sounds like a James Bond film, but there's a huge problem with it everywhere. Uh, it's smaller scale here, but it still happens here too. Yeah, the whole the whole area. Of this, I mean, it's like I'm not I'm not saying that that doesn't need to be um, donations or contributions and stuff. Mm -hmm. We, we know it happens, but it's just um, the, what the, what this citizens United ruling did was it basically um, allowed it, it cemented the ability to hide what's going on. It's like, yeah, give your money. I've nothing against lobbying. I've nothing against mm. political contributions, but I just think people have a right to know um yeah what what it is we have like if you compare it to say sports if you see a football coach or a rugby coach when leo cullen comes out after leinster play rugby and says listen i watched this you know this is what happened in the match but i actually think the referee was unfair um to that maybe this penalty shouldn't have been given whatever you know where he's coming from because he's wearing the leinster jersey of course mm. he's biased in what he's saying and we as fans are biased but we know it because we know what it comes from when you see a politician coming up and saying oh i think that climate change is all made up and all and all this kind of stuff 
and you don't know where his money is coming from. You don't, you know, he, he, he can dress up his speech to make it look like it. Oh, this is a real philosophical uh, um, idea that I've wrestled with, but you don't know where it's come from. And when it comes to balancing Republicans and Democrats, I don't think that, or progressives even for that matter, it's a sliding scale and it's not a case of, oh, well, this is one side and this is the other. You could say um, Biden um, is, is, he's out uh, funding um, Trump at the moment and there's a lot of money going his way, but there's two things to that. Number one, the Democrats have to raise those kinds of money because the Republicans are. It was a conservative-leaning Supreme Court that made that Citizens United ruling. So that's where the thing came from. So as soon as that ruling came, they started getting donations like there was no tomorrow. So the it's an unfortunate reality. I mean, this money, I mean, you ask yourself, well, why do they need all this money to run? Well, it's to influence, it's mostly to influence by way of ads. I mean, they, they, they pay staff, they do pay their staff or whatever, but the bulk of the money is for is for TV ads, and um, and and that's another issue. Why should you need to spend that money, that much money, to get your message out to the people? You know, but it's a reality. The Republicans are spending it, so the Democrats need to spend it to match them. But you've got the unique factor of this campaign, is that uh, Biden is leading. He's trying to create this coalition. He's trying to keep the progressives on board, but he's also bringing these Republicans over. And when he brings, and he's getting a lot of them. That's how he's so far ahead in the polls. So if he's getting these Republicans, he's going to be getting their donors as well. So there's there might be a few promises made in the background as well, you know. So it's 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 an unfortunate reality, but um, it's it, it's there's lessons to be learned all around the world. I mean, in Ireland, we never talk about donors. We mm. never talk about we talk about there's like. Like in America, there's two parties, 300 million people. Here, there's like two people, 300 million parties. And <laughs> um, we never talk about, we say, oh, well, this Fianna Fáil said this, or Fine Gael said that, oh, well, but that made Sinn Féin say this. We always talk about all these different parties and what they're saying, but we're never, we never stop or ask ourselves, well, who's behind them? I mean, yeah. the Greens, they're a Green Party, but who's backing them? You know what I mean? And who's, you know, and it's, it's kind of... It's kind of never even that, never even discussed, you know. So it's a yeah, important issue that, that needs to be kept to the fore. Yeah, over here, on a, we find out who's back and who based on planning permissions and things like that. You know, the kind of the small scale stuff. Whereas, I guess, in, I would like for you know the the American side of the world to instead of saying this is what we've always done, try and improve a process like. Again, as you're saying, you've got to run a campaign and that's absolutely fine. Like, If you made a rule saying if you give more than $5 million or whatever, you have to put your name down. Now, whether that's disclosed or not after the campaign is a separate issue, but you have to put your name to your donation or your company's name to the donation. And then you, then down the line, that would whether it's 20 years or whatever, limitations could be applied to it. But you do need to have, um, you know, every single dollar, uh, you know, noted instead of this kind of, I'll give you 20 mil. I'm working for Texaco, wink, wink. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's a rotten way to do business because even if Joe Biden has the purest of intentions, and again, when you start saying, but look over there, they're much worse, you lose the argument. So I'm not going to compare the two intentions of the two candidates, but let's say he comes in here with the purest of intentions. He's taken Republican money, which he has to do. But now he's also beholden, like uh, Brando and the Godfather, 
like Michael Francis back in the day in New York and the families over there, he owes someone now. And, yeah. and, that, and the problem then down the line is for people like Kamala Harris, who are going to be a fantastic vice president, fingers crossed, hopefully haven't ruined everything. She now is going to be part of that umbrella, part of that money, if you like, part of that message. Uh, and and if it starts going the wrong way, if he starts leaning one way or the other, we we now are you know maybe me hitting the head too many times. I start thinking, well, if she's willing to toe party line in this, what does she actually stand for? Even though I know she stands for a lot, you get beaten down by politics. So, I think the transparency issue is is a massive problem. And if they had something like whether it's five million, five million may as well be five hundred million to me. I'll never see it. But if you pick a figure and say right, if you go above that then you've got to disclose your name. And that report will be published 10 years after the election or something like that. And then decisions post that will make more sense. You will understand. And then there's a, a, an accountability, I suppose, to the accounts um, that, that would go ahead. And, and that may clear it up a little bit. Or you may find Texaco. I keep saying Texaco. I don't know why. I must have driven past them today. <laughs> this, this podcast is brought to you by... <laughs> Stat Oil. No, i show my age. Uh, but you know what I mean? Like plenty of other garages are available, but it may, um, you may find these big companies then will give uh, 500 donations of 4,999,000. Okay, that's fine. That's another alarm bell, but there's got to be transparency. Like there's nothing wrong with 225 million in donations. There is a problem if it's 325 million from one person. Yeah, definitely. I mean, the, the reason I, um, the reason I picked the theme music for this show is because it always resonated with me because it's a song that goes back way back to the 70s um it's called schoolhouse rock um and it's uh the the whole purpose of it being written there's a cartoon that goes with it as well and the whole purpose of it is to make the process of making laws look interesting to people they put it in a cartoon they wrote a, a, a sort of a catchy kind of a song and they, they want people to understand what goes on and what the, the, the reality of it is they say that um what do laws and sausages have in common no one cares about how they're made or no one wants to know how they're made because it's uncomfortable and or, or boring you know and it, it is a long drawn out process there's a lot that goes into it but it, it's still important to, to get the message out how it is and the dark money is the start of us the dark money is 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 where it all is where it all begins it shouldn't be but it is and and if more people knew um how how much a part that plays in us um you know they, they might be more engaged and the fact that we do have more uh, you know, not to, again, to sing the praises of the progressive movement, but the fact that more progressives are actually getting themselves elected to positions like AOC, and there's more coming along down the line, shows that it is actually possible to get them in two positions of power without, um, you know, w without those kind of donations. Of course, there's the opposite to that, is that you hope that once they get in there, they don't find themselves lured away by the dark money because like i've said before in this podcast nancy pelosi was the aoc of her day when she first went into congress how many years ago so there, you you you've got to watch out for that as well yeah and again i i do think we do need to talk to her because she did play a blinder for the first time in 100 years today mm. or well before yesterday but i i'll put a theory to you right let's say uh on the day that harris was announced as the uh the running mate Imagine the two of them sat up there with the flag and everything behind them and said, lads, here's the story. 
we're going to uh, minimize the amount of money we're going to take in and we're going to take a lot of this online but we need your help we need you to sign up to show that you're interested so that there's a, a buy-in from both sides they're saying look we know you're watching America's Got Talent or whatever. You don't want to see my face on the news all the time. So we're going to go online. We're going to make in-depth videos. We're going to cut it down, make it bigger, whatever it is. We're going to minimize the cost, basically. If, they, if the others want to follow suit, that's great. If they don't want to follow suit, that means they're taking money and they're beholden to people. I think if you make that point, then all of a sudden you look at the other side and you go, Genie Mac, they've taken a lot of money. Who, who do they owe? You change the system, you navigate, you navigate within this scummy system to make yourself look like the angel with the halo. And if they'd have done that, do you think they could have won? Do you think, because Twitter's only, what, 3 4% of anything, mm. you know? So, like, there's not enough people on Twitter to do anything. But do you think good news would spread quicker if they're saying, we can, we can do it this way, or do they have to take the money? Yeah, I mean, for this, well, definitely for this election, which is, I suppose, what, what, what we're here for. Um, it, there's just now, you see, my, as much as I would, I would lean towards the progressive side, what I would want to say to people who feel the same is that you, you've got to realize that you're not going to get what you want now. It's a process. I mean, it, you know, I might not be even still, if there was to be a progressive president, I may not be still alive when there is. You know, people are saying AOC might be one day be president, but I wouldn't even argue that that she might not even get there, even though she's still in her twenties. You know, it's it's a it's a process that's going to have to take over time, and you've got to be willing to a, a gradual thing. So for this election today, um, mm. Trump against Biden, there's absolutely no way. Maybe you 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 have to play the game as it's set now. To 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 to. To, to, the whole process is just to get him out. So many people have attached themselves to him. You've got to get in there. Just, I don't, I'm not fooling myself to think that if there's another election down the line, if Biden wins down the line, that the same coalition that voted for him, if the Republicans go for a more moderate candidate, they'll all go to them and we'll be back again um, yeah, yeah. with a, a two-horse race. So, so for now, I would say, listen, you've got to spend the money. It's the, it's the way the system is, as scummy as it is, and it's going to prolong the process. You can be as honorable as you want now, but it's, it's not necessarily going to get you the win. But there are still more progressives coming through. And um, part of the, we're, this, we'll, we'll go straight into this Nancy Pelosi thing because it kind yeah, of ties yeah. in. Um, she had an interview with Wolf Blitzer on CNN about a stimulus bill that's, that's kind of stuck in Congress. It's, it's caught between... Um, the, the House, which is Democrat, the, the Senate, which is Republican, and of course the President. And um, they're all arguing over it. And it's to help people um, who have had COVID, uh, you know, who, whose lives have been affected by COVID. They need a once-off payment. They've got one back in, in May, but they need another one now because it's still going on. A lot of people still not working. They need, the con they need their Congress to come together and agree. But because of politics, it's being held up. And Wolf Blitzer tried to hold her to account and she fought back. So what, what was your take on that video? Yeah, as uh, I think we can all guess, I'm not a massive fan of her in, in my time taking politics on board. Uh, now, as you say, she started off far better and politics does that to people. Um, but I, I expected her to um, fold under, uh, under, fold under Blitzer. What a weird way of saying things. <laughs> Um, I expect her to just fold, get angry, storm off, something like that. And I felt that she was very strong. Um, I, I know that it's quite obvious that the two of them have 
they've known each other for a hundred years. So the way they talk to each other is different to how they would talk to other uh, interviewers and politicians. But I thought it was really interesting that she was able to explain the differences in what each each side of the house wants very, very clearly and what she and they try to do to meet in the middle. Now, that's also on top of the, the higher level satellite view of it's 1.8 trillion. Just let's just sign it off and give people money. That's that, that was kind of the what one side wants. The other side wants, well, we actually want the money to go in the right place. And that's and it, they can't agree and they'll never agree forever on this. But she put the points forward clearly in soundbite form that everybody needs and was able to stand up to a guy who I think was taking, he was taking advantage of their, uh, I don't know if friendship is the right word, but familiarity, you know, the, the way he was pushing her and interrupting her. I hate seeing people get interrupted. It's, it's, it's childish. Uh, you know, my babies do it to each other and they're six. Um, he's a lot older than that, but he kept interrupting because of this familiarity and she was able to, for the first time I've seen in a long time, stand up and put her point across, no stuttering, no messing, very, very clear. And I was actually, I, I said it to you, sent it to me, and I, I, I sent you back on, she's never looked better, she's never looked stronger. Uh, and I was, I was really, really impressed with her. Yeah, it, it was just the, um, it, what, what Wolf Blitzer was doing was, and it's the thing that the corporate media does that, that really annoys me, and it's, and they were doing this long before Trump came along, but um, he's, he's kind of pushing them to do it as well with all this talk of fake news, or whatever. They're trying to, it, it's called two-sidesing us. It's, um, it's, it's a verb, two, the, the word two sides as a verb, it, they, they two sides. Mm -hmm. it. So it's like, well, I have to be fair here, the Republicans and the Democrats, doesn't matter what's right or wrong. It's like, I have to go by what the two sides are saying. And um, for, for this bill, uh, Trump has been all over the place in the last couple of weeks. Well, since he got out of hospital, basically, he's been, he's been, uh, and he, he the, the, these negotiations have been going on behind the scenes. The, you know, everyone's got their numbers. But this is basically what they're negotiating is a bill that the House passed back in May. Nancy Pelosi got this sorted. And she mm. didn't expect everything that came out of that bill to be um, perfect. But um, they've had to, you have to negotiate with the Senate. The president has to sign it. So let's have those negotiations. Now, Mitch McConnell, who's not in any of this, has done nothing. And, you know, he's, he's sort of... He's sort of working in the background. He's more interested in getting judges on the bench, and mm. that's all he cares about. So, um, but what Trump Trump threw a threw a grenade in saying, uh, "We're not going to discuss it at all." And the second he said that, the stock market tanked. Mm. You can literally you can see the chart of the day to the second where he sent his tweet, and then the stock started dropping. So he changed his tune. He went so far, of course, classic Trump. He went a couple of days later, says, "Well, I actually want to do more than the Democrats." You know, it's, it's, mm. it's, it's all over the place. So she's coming on here. And like you say, there's dollar amounts. And this is what Wolf was, was uh, honing in on. Well, they're, you're saying 1 to 1 saying You're saying 2.3. They're saying 1.8. Why can't you come to an agreement? People are needy. But she had to point out, and you're right, she did, she did lay out what she wanted. But the problem is she was so much reacting to the fact that he was two-sizing it that that got her, that got her angry. You know, she was like, but you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. And that she kept fixating on that. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, when it came to getting her message across, the next night, Larry O'Donnell gave her a kind of a landing strip to come on and say it in a calmer voice and explain mm. what it was that Trump actually wanted his, um, the, the Republican bill was more about tax breaks 
and COVID relief for businesses and corporations. I mean, what else would you expect? Whereas um, this was more for people's, for welfare payments, and it's not just the one-off stimulus check that Trump wants to send everyone with his name signed on it, but this is more other payments as well that they've missed out on because of the COVID lockdown. So she was able to explain herself that way. But it was a, it was a fascinating confrontation. You're absolutely right. I mean, she's, she's, she's every right to be annoyed. There's, there's no question of that because she's, she's, she's sick of this. And she's also been getting it from the other side as well. This progressive congressman, uh, Ro Khanna, Democrat from California, also from California, who was saying that, um, what, why don't we just give the money now? I mean, you know, my constituents want, need their money now. This is, a, this is a better deal. This is a deal. If they, at least they can have something. You know, she keeps saying it's going to be backdated, but that's all well for her. You know mm. what I mean? That, that you know, it, it's not a consolation to people who need the money now that it's going to be backdated after Christmas. You know, because yeah, you've got yeah. Christmas coming up as well. It's the, but it was, uh, it, was a, it was an interesting little sideshow for normally we have confrontations. We expect Trump or one of his cronies to be on one side of it. But uh, it was interesting to see these two go at it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I did love, I thought it was important that she got angry at the fact that a lot of things weren't understood because that's really, really important. If you look mm. at, if you look at all this stuff from a satellite level, you go, right, whether it's 1.8, 2.3, doesn't matter. It's just money and people need money and people look at it that way. We've just spent 20 minutes talking about dark money and this is a form of dark money. Trump is trying to buy people off and we know that, but people also need the money. So you kind of go, oh, the if that's the case, then you need to make sure the money goes in the right place. Now, if Trump's bill put the money, I guess a mixture has got to be done. You know, you've got to keep businesses open, but you've also got to keep the lights on in the house. So if you can do that, that's perfect. Sign that off. But neither, he wasn't able to do that because that doesn't interest him. He's never had trouble putting the lights on. So he won't be able to understand someone who hasn't, who does pay as you go electricity. So I think, I think the key is she was, I think because you're talking about people and real life people and she got a little bit touchy about it, I like that. I like to see that. It, it makes it appear, whether she does or not, makes it appear that she cares about people. It's not this slimy politics, you know, where you're trying to get one over on the other side and Blitzer was trying to pull that a couple of times saying, oh, you just want to hold it off because you know it'll help elections. It's like, no, it's because you care about people. And I think it's important to see that in politicians because, you know, we don't see that a lot here. Um, we, we saw uh, Leo a couple of weeks ago, Artonista, um, for, for our friends and neighbours outside of Ireland, talking about why we didn't go to level five lockdown. And he, he was talking about two main things. He was talking about uh, the mental health of people, which would, she, like, if, as an aside, if we go to level five, we're, we're killing people. And the economy had to stay open so that we can pay for services and things like that. Perfectly sensible, perfectly reasonable. But you could tell that he believed it. You could tell that he he really cared about people. And that's not something I've said about Leo up to this point, up to COVID. So I think uh, Nancy did a lot for her per public image. Not that I don't think she was trying to do that, but I think she just suddenly realized how much she cares about people. Uh, and, and that was really, really nice to see. Um, yeah, that was definitely, definitely interesting exchange. I was, I'm, I'll, I'll leave a clip, I'll do the mic drop clip, I'll put a little bit of that um, exchange at the end of the show, uh, just so people can get an idea, and I'll leave a link to the, to the video in the program notes. Mm. Right, so, um, well, that just leaves us with our poll watch. The uh, Last week, the 538.com um, 
figures had an 84% chance of a Biden victory. It's now gone up to 87%. You know, it's like we say, like last week we talked about October surprises. I think the thing about that is, is that comparing to 2016, you're saying, oh, don't believe the polls. I, if the election were today, I'd be pretty confident Biden would win, at least on, on paper. You know, of course, to got all the legal mm. challenges and whatnot. But I, because we talked about October surprises, there's still plenty of time for something to happen that could change opinion. Um, now, a lot of people are already voting. They're voting in droves now. 15 million people yeah. have already cast their votes. So that's a factor as well. That's done and dusted. And if you counted those votes, i say a heck of a lot more of them are for uh, Biden than, than Trump because they're the ones that seem to want to get out there and register their votes. We'll just have to see what happens in the next couple of weeks. They're supposed to have a debate tonight. Yeah. Uh, that kind of got done by the wayside. Uh, it's an interesting, interesting way that played out. The staff of the debate commission wanted to, um, didn't, were afraid of COVID basically. So they said they, so the commission said they do it virtually. Trump said, no way. Biden Im immediately said, well, I'll do a town hall myself. And now just yesterday, now NBC are doing a town hall for Trump at the same time. So, you know, the voters won't get a chance to see them both at the same time. So I don't know. Well, I don't know. I think maybe our mental health would be benefited by not seeing them do another debate. But just speaking about polls, it's just, it's interesting. I, I know you're talking about 538 and how, how their mechanics work. What I'm noticing now in general terms, now nothing specific, in general terms on social media is all of these polling bodies and various modeling uh, situations have come up uh, and, and there's one that was sent to me I think it was last Thursday um, uh, I'm going to pronounce this wrong I apologize Helmut North Pole model so I don't know what kind of model it is I don't know who Helmut North Pole Norpoth is um, but they're modeling it out to Trump 362 Biden 176 mm -hmm. I'll send this to you uh, now again I've no reference to that but I think this is part of part of the polling issue if people see that and believe that they may may be psychologically moved in one direction or the other so mm -hmm. um it, that's another thing we were talking about sports people starting to pin their colors to the mass pretty quick starting with the rock all the way up to jorge masvidal uh, yesterday mm -hmm. um this is a new thing now maybe it's not new but it, there's a huge amount of these brand new voting modeling companies popping up um now maybe maybe they're from from the kremlin i don't know but i was shocked because we're talking about it going in one direction and you've over the last 15 weeks you've been able to show how it's changing week on week using logic using whatever and then i've just produced this out of nowhere that says the complete opposite mm. so like the world is a bit it's all getting a bit it's getting a bit scummy. I didn't know we'd get this scummy, Jeff. We're only 15 weeks in. Ah, uh, well, that's it. He's, you know, the, the only reason I go for 538, I'm not saying that they're they're a Bible or anything, but I, I guess, I guess it's sort of a almost scientific way they source. What they do is they take um, all the polls that they can find and they put them together and they grade them for their credibility and for how they've been gathered and they, they give them all a grading and then they sort of take an average of all the polls you know what i mean and there's a lot of mm. there's other companies that do that and this is just a rough idea of how the overall picture looks so mm. we're just trying to see how the trends go the senate has gone up as well they said uh there's it's gone from a 68 percent chance the democrats taking the senate to a 74 percent chance and uh, the house well, the House is like, it's already Democratic, but, and it's now 96% chance. So I don't know if we want to put that in the bag or not, but uh, that looks pretty 
set. So um, we'll, we're just going to have to see what happens in the next few weeks. So um, listen, we'll leave it there. Um, that's our half hour done for the week. And uh, thanks to Kigo for the chat. And here's to many more. As always, the full links to references made throughout the show, as well as a link to our blog and Facebook page we found in the program notes. And I'll leave you with Nancy Pelosi. So until next time, it's goodbye from Kigo. Absolutely. Everybody stay safe. Yeah. And stay safe for me as well. Stay safe, everyone. Slan. Excuse me for Let interrupting, Madam Speaker, mm -hmm. but they really need the money right now. Uh, and even members of, I of your own, that, but, your, if, but even members if you of your own caucus, question, even members of your own caucus, Madam Speaker, uh, want to accept this deal. One point eight trillion dollars, Congressman Ro Khanna, for example. But let me just let me just quote Ro Khanna, a man you know well. I assume you admire him. He's a Democrat, and he just said this. He said, "People in need can't wait." until February. $1.8 trillion is significant and more than twice the Obama stimulus. Make a deal. Put the ball in McConnell court. So what do you say to Ro Khanna? What I say to you is, I don't know why you're always an apologist. And many of your colleagues, apologists for the Republican position. Ro Khanna, that's nice. That isn't what we're going to do. And nobody's waiting till February. I want this very much now because people need help now but it's no use giving them a false thing just because the president wants to put a, a check with his name on it in the mail that we should not be doing all we can to help people pay the rent put food on the table